do you believe in ghosts? Things that go bump in the night? The growing popularity of paranormal things has grown in the last few couple decades, I should say. The paranormal events are a purported phenomenon described in popular culture, folk, and other non-scientific bodies of knowledge whose existence within these contexts is described as beyond normal experience or scientific explanation. Now, one could argue that many of the supposed ghost videos that you find on places like YouTube that purport to be real-life things, a lot of them, are fake. I think many of us could agree to that. But that doesn't stop people from believing or perhaps wanting to believe. Do you have any ghost stories? Is there any things that have happened in your life that have been hard for you to explain or dismiss? There's a story about Winston Churchill. While visiting the White House, he was said to have had a paranormal experience. He was having a bath with a scotch and a cigar. And he reportedly walked into the adjoining bedroom afterwards, only to be met by the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Churchill said... Upon seeing this specter, being completely, I don't know, unflappable, a a response that you would not expect, he just said, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have caught me at a disadvantage. And the spirit was said to have smiled and vanished. You could believe that story, or you could think it's crap. I mean, I think a lot of us would wonder when there's somebody like Winston Churchill who is said to be a a, a public intellectual and a public figure and a historical figure. You know, when you look back in time, during some of our more or less scientific periods of our existence, you can see where maybe some events and some things that you see could have been explained at one point as paranormal, which now can very well be explained by current scientific methods. I, I don't know. Arthur Conan Doyle spoke to ghosts through mediums. Alan Turing believed in telepathy. There's countless shows on TV these days about paranormal. I mean, we have Destination Truth, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Portals to Hell... Uh, paranormal state, uh, psychic children. Uh, you have all of these shows and, and the popularity of horror movies depicting some of the craziest paranormal of events have all been very popular. Movies like The Conjuring, movies like Insidious, going back to movies like The Exorcist or, or even further back to Psycho or, or Birds. I mean, it's... There has always been an interest, always been an interest in paranormal, in ghosts, in the things that we can't explain. 
And there are things in which, like I said before, that we couldn't explain before that we might be able to explain now with our ever-expanding uh, realizations in science. Like out-of-body experiences, as an example, is now an accepted neurological phenomenon. And reports like uh, poltergeist events, you know, when you can see objects moving through the room. You know, it could be consistent with damage to certain regions of the right hemisphere that are responsible for visual processing. Or, or certain forms of epilepsy. Meanwhile, it could cause the spooky feeling of the presence, that there's a presence stalking close behind you. Perhaps the underlying accounts of faceless shadow people lurking in the surroundings. You know, it's true that a lot of our experiences are faulty because we have a very faulty... Uh, our, 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 just our senses. Our senses in and of itself are very faulty. It's very possible for us to believe A is connected to B or that we, we thought we heard something or we feel something. You know, I, I there was one day when I was at home by myself, I had uh, laundry going in the dryer. And I remember I was home by myself, I was at the fridge, and uh, the laundry was very close by, behind a couple doors, and I was in the middle of making my lunch. And out of nowhere, I thought I heard in my left ear somebody say my name, Mark, like that. Just jump, and I jumped. And I just had chills run all over my body and goosebumps. And I was just like, oh my God, what the hell was that? And it totally freaked me out. It completely freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. My initial reaction was goosebumps and chills and like, oh my God, what the hell was that? Because it was unmistakable. I heard somebody say my name and it was right in my ear and everything. And then before I completely let myself go, I really just stopped and thought, what else could it have been? And I realized it very easily could have been something from the dryer. Tossing and turning inside the machine and all the little, uh, you know, noises that your clothes make or zippers and things when they're being tossed around in the dryer. Sometimes your brain can make it sound as though as these sounds are bouncing off of walls and echoing in different places that it could just possibly hit your ear in such a way that makes it sound as though it was right there on your ear when maybe really it couldn't. And then when your body, which is so easily, your brain, which is so easily fooled, then creates a reaction wherein by you get feelings of chills and goosebumps and hair-raising experiences when really it could just be passed off as nothing. You know, I've said this once before in a, uh, in a previous podcast about how, you know, the truth is when it comes to certain responses to these sorts of things. It, it, it goes back to our, to, our, to our earliest ancestors. I mean, you pretend it's a quarter of a million years ago, you're an Australopithecus afarensis, you're a little hominid on the plains of West Africa, you're, you're living day to day in the plains of West Africa, tall grass and everything else, and you're walking around and you think you hear ahead of you a rustle in the grass and you stop in your tracks and you freeze and you get goosebumps and, and you get chills and you just stop and look and you're thinking, oh my God, there's something there. 
Now, your reaction to this noise is the difference between survival and not survival. It's between life or death at this point. Now, it could very well be this rustle on the grass could very well end up being just the wind. Or it could end up being a predator. You know, we are directly descended from those that survived, which means that we chose to believe that it was a predator. Now, if it ends up being just a wind, uh, a, you know, wind in the uh, blowing in the grass, then it's a false positive. We believe that A was connected to B. It wasn't true, but it was the safe route. It was harmless. We thought it was something else, but it really wasn't. And that is the cousin to paranormal belief. That is the cousin to superstition. That is the cousin to us believing these weird things that we do because it's in our best interest to have this physiological reaction and for our minds to conjure up these, these things because it keeps it would keep us safe. Because I tell you, if you believe that the, tall, the, the, the wind blowing in the grass and the rustle in the grass was just the wind and ends up being a predator, well then, your lunch. And in the words of Michael Shermer uh, from Skeptics Magazine would say, you just won the Darwin Award by taking yourself out of the food and shade early because your lunch. <laughs> and it's true that it is in our best interest to believe that A is connected to B to see connections and patterns and dots where there isn't. It's the, super, it's the cousin to superstition. It just is. So when we hear something or we see something or we believe we do, with as faulty as our senses really are, because truly our senses cannot be trusted. You know, we would believe that we see things that aren't necessarily there. Like we, our, our brains are recognized to see faces even when faces really aren't there, when it's something abstract. Like that picture on the, the whatever it was, on Mars or whatever, you know, there was a picture from from NASA that was released and it looked like a face in the ground. Well, really, that's... Our face is designed to see that or you, or you get... You know, there's people saying that they saw images of the, the, the you know, Mary, the biblical Mary in, uh, you know, on French toast or something or, or on the, the side of a tree. You know, you get these things. These are actually real events of things that have happened where people said, you know, they thought they saw something miraculous in their toast. When really you know that it's probably just our senses putting these pieces together and making it think. Like, what do you think is more likely? That you're eating this toast, and then suddenly a vision of the biblical Mary's face shows up on the toast. And the most miraculous of things. Or, could it possibly be that there just happens to be a design on the toast that just kind of maybe partially looks like it could be maybe a face? just by the way these things are lining up and our brains are, you know, what do you think is more likely? There is a, a likely reason and then there is an unlikely reason and most people want to believe the unlikely one because our, our brains and our senses are so easily deceived, they really are because of our cousins, because of where we come from, because of our humble beginnings of being these little bipedal hominid creatures, not quite human, you know, this was how we survived, but we've always had a love for paranormal and things that go above normals, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of our, our wishing brain, maybe that's part of the things that we just hope were true, and I, and I can't say 100% that ghosts aren't true, we all have our, 
our ghost stories and our paranormal stories or we know somebody that's had stories. I myself have had stories that I cannot explain. For example, this was probably back in, I don't know, 2000 or 2001. And I was at one, uh, my, my best friend's house. And his family is... Uh, and he was, was from England, and they were living in Michigan, and we ended up being neighbors. And they were, uh, one night, saying that they wanted to do this seance. It was, like a, it was like a homemade Ouija board. It was called Spirit of the Glass. You know how the Ouija board has the planchette, and then it has the letters and the numbers, and the yes or no, and the hello and goodbye. Well, it's the same thing, except this was homemade, you know, with cutout sheet pieces of paper, with the letters and numbers and, and, and words written on them. And then instead of, instead of using a planchette, we used a very lightweight drinking glass. Very lightweight. And you just put the pieces of paper in the form of a circle, and then you everybody puts their, their finger, the edge of their, their pointer finger, lightly on the glass on the top when it, while it's flipped over. And then you just ask questions. You're like, spirit of the glass, is there anyone there? And I went into this that night. This was the first time I had ever done such a thing. I had never done a Ouija board before. I've still never really done a Ouija board before, specifically, as far as brand names go. <laughs> uh, but I, that night, I did uh, accompany them in doing this in their kitchen on their dinner table. And I didn't really have any expectations. I didn't really know what to believe. I joined it because I thought it was interesting, because I've always been intrigued by paranormal and ghosts and all of these things like you know I want to be open-minded I want to have an open mind and I'm like well this is pretty cool so I'm gonna stick around and do this with them and I did and uh, I shit you not the glass started moving around the table and started spelling things and started interacting with us to these questions and you know it was directly related to their family uh, somebody that they had lost. It was a, a conversation that they began to have. And, you know, there were times in the past where I thought I had seen something in their home. And this uh, person, whomever, that we were speaking to that night on the Spirit of the Glass seemed to uh, confirm these experiences that I had and stating that it was him. Um, and then, you know, a part of me was thinking that maybe his family or somebody is moving this thing. And, you know, maybe it's not really true. Maybe somebody's just messing with me. Or maybe somebody's just messing with everybody. Uh, but then I ended up having a conversation with somebody who purported to be my grandfather on my mom's side, who I never met. He told me his name. He told me he had a baby with him. And these are things that nobody knew. Uh, nobody knew my grandfather's on my mom's side's name or that he had ever passed away. Uh, nobody knew his name. I was not even 100% certain of his name at the time of the conversation. I had an idea. It was later when I spoke to my mom and just asked her, you know, what was his name? And she told me, and it was in fact the correct name. So there's number one. And number two, he said that he was holding a baby. And at the time there was a tragedy that took place. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but there was a baby that had passed early in this really, you know, most tragic horrible thing and uh, maybe an attempt for somebody to try to comfort all of us that are left here he said that he was holding a baby and I knew I knew 
what he meant. I knew that he was saying that it was this baby that literally had just passed very recently up to that point, and they did not know about it. It's not something that I ever spoke about, or, or it's not something that I ever talked about. It wasn't something that they would ever know. So there were these two major things that were stated that nobody knew. Nobody knew in the room, and I knew right then that there, there was literally no way for them to fake that. There were zero chances. There's no way they could have guessed what his name was. There's no way that they could have guessed that there would have been a baby there. There's just no way. So we ended up having this conversation, and I had chills all over my body, and I just had this physical reaction where I couldn't help but just, I, I wept. You know, I cried, and I couldn't help it. It was just this, and, and every time, we did it multiple times after that, and me and my friend had done it on our own, and every time we do it, I just can't help but just weep. I just, I, I don't know why I do it, but it's like this unbelievable emotional response where this just seems so baffling and so crazy and so preposterous, but it it happened. It, it, it happened, and there were these conversations that took place, and there were things that have been known. There were th questions that I even asked in my head that I didn't even say out loud that this person answered, and, uh, you know, it was the most crazy thing, and it's something that I will remember for the rest of my life. For the, for the rest of my life. There's, uh, it's just not something that I would ever be able to forget. I may have been uh, 19 or so at the time. We did it for the first time, I believe. Uh, and, you know, I'm 37 now, and I remember it just like it was yesterday. And we've done it once before. Uh, well, not once before, pardon me, but we've done it many times again, I should say. Uh, my friend and I did it one time he, uh, you know, we've since kind of moved away. He moved back to England and I, you know, I live in Kentucky now. And one time he, uh, this was years ago, he came to visit and uh, he stayed with me and my family. This was while I was still living at home, uh, you know, with my family. And this was uh, how long ago it was. And uh, he and I did it one night on our own. We were, it was in the middle of the night we did it on this co uh, coffee table in, in our family room. And, and sh sure enough, it started moving again. And, and, you know, there was personality there. This person who was speaking to us, who claimed to be my friend's uh, grandfather, there was like glimpses of personality and was joking. And because we were drunk that, <laughs> that night, we went and got some stuff and we were drinking and we were drunk. And, I mean, it was one of those nights where we had, had been drinking so much that I literally just had to pee, like, every second. I just, I just, I constantly had to pee. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where we were drunk out of our minds, you know, and there was one time I, I you know, I pretty much peed in a, in a booze bottle because, I, you know, I had to pee so bad. It was just, <laughs> it was just so stupid. But, uh... You know, sometimes when you drink a lot, you just have to go to the bathroom a lot, and that's all there is to it. So anyways, the spirit that we were talking to was making jokes kind of about comments, really, about how we were so drunk and how he didn't really want to talk to us uh, and that he was going to go because we were drunk. And he made comp a reference to me uh, whizzing in this bottle uh, and all these things. And then, you know, I, I, of course, again, we're doing this thing again, and I just become like a, a weeping fool because I'm like, oh, my God, they were talking to a ghost. 
and all this stuff, and it's just like, I didn't really say that, but that's sort of what happened, and like, I'm not ashamed to admit it, it's, it's an emotional thing, and it just triggers in me this, like, emotional response where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, how is this happening? And anyway, so we've done it many times, and every time we do it, uh, we have these amazing things, and I, you know, and I have had to, tr- I have tried in the, in the years after that to, to do it, I tried to do it with a friend, and nothing happened, and I, I try, I've tried to do it on my own, and nothing happened, um, so there's no guarantee that when you do this, that this is going to happen, um, you know, like anything else, yeah, I, I think it depends on uh, the, the people that are doing it, and if they believe, or if they take it seriously, or if there's anybody there that really wants to communicate with them, and like anything else, uh, seances can pose risks, can be dangerous. Like, what if whomever comes through isn't somebody that is your friend or family? What if somebody comes through and is a stranger? Or what if somebody comes through and they're evil in some way? Now, you know, my beliefs on God and my beliefs on heaven and hell and my beliefs on angels and devils and demons and my beliefs in all these things are not what they used to be. I, I, I pretty much disbelieve in any form of religion as it currently is. Um, I was not always that way. I did once believe very fervently in Christianity, to be specific. But I don't hold those beliefs anymore. I don't. And sometimes, you know, because I was indoctrinated into it as a young kid... Uh, which I was. That's just how I was brought up. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and then I went on on my own. When my family stopped going to church as a teenager, I decided to go to church on my own, and it was something that I explored, and it was something that I took very seriously, and at one point I thought I wanted to be a priest or a pastor or something. Like, this was something that I took very seriously, and I studied on my own, and I read the Bible, and I did all these... But I really believed, full, you know, wholeheartedly. And over the years... You know, I just have not been able to believe anymore. So my coming at the paranormal and these ghosts and spirits and these things, and then this event, events that took place with me doing these, this homemade Ouija board, so to speak, um, you know, it is hard for me to fathom what that then means. You know, me speaking to a ghost, somebody who purports to be a family member or a friend's family member and and they see they apparently very well do still exist and to the point where using certain devices and avenues and opening yourself up in some way by whatever means they they could then communicate with you or these ghost shows like ghost hunters and ghost adventures and things like where they are trying to capture these things you know what does it mean what are they trying to prove? Are they trying to prove the existence that there very well could then, uh, by proxy, mean that there is a God? Or that there, uh, you know, is an afterlife? Does that mean that there is a heaven and a hell? Does that mean that there is no such thing? But that there is, there is this plane of existence where things carry on and our family members are lingering here in some other dimension or some other... I don't know. I don't know what it all means. Um, my experiences with the paranormal, I think like anybody else, we need to stop 
and start to question what else it could be um, because our senses are so faulty and are so easily tricked and could literally be just a, a trick of the light. It could be a trick of the the sound waves as it hits your ears just right. It could be a, a, a trick of the brain where you, you think you see something, but really it's not real. You know, we can be so easily deceived. But there are these experiences that we have that we cannot push away, that we can't dismiss, and we, we don't know what else it could be. And I, I leave it. I leave it there. I leave it like that. Like there are those mysterious things that appear to be paranormal, that appear to be above the normal, that appear to be above rational explanation and scientific explanation. There has yet to be any real solid scientific evidence uh, that supports the existence of ghosts. There is no real proven scientific method or way to prove such a thing. Nothing has ever really been captured on a scientific scale to say that these things exist. But then we have all these stories and all these things that people hear, and you got all these videos, and so many of the videos are just total BS. So it's hard to decipher. It's hard to, to know what to believe. But there are so many of us that do. And it certainly is something to pursue, something to post inquiries about while remaining a healthy level of skepticism and wonder. <laughs>